Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, Flats and Shanks' podcast, the Autumn Nation series unofficial review. I mean, it's just we talk about it. Um, Tommy, how are you? I'm all right. I've got some bugger um, blowing leaves outside of my office, though. I don't know if you can hear that. Oi. Can you hear it? Job's a job, boy. Yeah, job's a job. It's quite annoying, mind. All right. When it's I've not- got a crying baby. I'd rather have a leaf blower. Would you? No. Yeah, no. I would, yeah. 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 Because yeah. the leaf blow, they turn that off, can't you? Well, you could just unplug it or flood it. Yeah. Ch- chuck it in water. Yeah. There we are. Um, look, we're going to start this pod, Tommy. I think we should start this pod uh, with just a, a brief tribute to the legend that is Doddy Weir, just to remember Doddy. There are a million stories. Um, there are, and lots of people could reel out stories about Doddy, but the way I think of Doddy is that he'll be missed by everyone he ever met. And Mm. I don't think there are many people about whom you could say that. You couldn't say it about you or me. Nope. Um, You couldn't say it to the amateur um, amateur photographer at Welford Road that I effectively told to do one on Sunday because I walked in, never met him before, and he told me they thought my commentary wasn't good enough. Um, He got told where to go, packed up his stuff and left. Super awkward. Um, He didn't get too close to you, did he? He didn't trumpet his arm around you. Again. No, he didn't. Right. No, no, he didn't try, didn't touch me. But as Topsy Ojo said, that is Twitter meeting real life. Don't be so rude. Um, so there's that. He won't miss me. But I can't think, I can't imagine anybody would have met Doddy mm. and won't miss him. And that's considering that he was an elite hard nut rugby player. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's pretty everyone, everyone sees him as this, you know, lovable, funny, charismatic guy that spoke at, Dinners, spoke at corporate events, but he was a ruddy good player. He was a yeah. brilliant player. And yeah. I'll never forget the 97 Lions tour when he just got cheap-shotted on his knee and Ugh. that was his tour over with. And 
just the way he handled that and the disappointment on his face it was it was real it was real emotion and it was he was part of an unbelievably special Lions tour in that 97 group and he was also a legend for for Scotland as well and there's so many good parts that Dolly featured in that video so many you know the mistaken identity that's just classic yeah. isn't it John Taylor are doing some media training with the boys and yep him and Walt, uh, Rob Wainwright um at functions just brilliant you know that that was the tour that and, and that was the video and the behind the scenes video that really inspired me to want to play rugby because I looked at that and I thought I want some of this that is brilliant the camaraderie um how much fun they have the, the training everything how intense it was and Doddy played a massive factor in promoting rugby and inspiring others and you know a lot a lot of that video was down to him and others but yeah it's the characters in the game which you love and and he was one i'll tell you something flats i've done a bit of work with him not loads and people know him way 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 better than me um but someone tweeted this to me uh after the passing of him this guy's name's luke adamson and he's he wrote very very sad to hear of doddy weir's passing I'll never forget driving to Monk Fryson Hall with Doddy, Bentos and Tom Shanklin in the back of my Skoda Fabia. Uh, my dad in the front, a total gentleman, an absolute, an absolute legend in back mm. brackets, unlike Bentos, who unscrewed my radio aerial. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. And that was, that'll do it. That was a while ago now. And that was just, he, he, he didn't look quite right. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, we found out that he had MND. Yeah. Um, but uh, just unbelievably sad. Sad for him, sad for his family. And you're right, Flatten. You can always gauge what a person was like, what a human was like by the response you get. And just everywhere over the news, social yeah. media, everyone who follows rugby is stopping you, saying what unbelievably sad. Not even rugby, is it? Is it? No, it's everyone not. Everyone knows Doddy now. Yeah, they yeah. do. They do, but I suppose it's, if you do follow rugby, um, you know, you would have followed his progress as well. You would have known him as a player, etc. But yeah, it's gutted, mate. Absolute gutted. But what he's done for MND is huge. And I think what his legacy will will continue. Yeah, that's what I think. I think mm. he's, yeah, he was an amazing bloke. Just, it's funny because I... I never do. I, I often don't do the what I call the R.I.P. tweets, mm. where it, someone passes and it's bloody sad. But I always think, well, I, you don't. I don't need to add. I don't need to add rest in peace to Twitter for this. But I, and I haven't. That's. But one of the things is that so many people have done it for Doddy, but it's not people clambering trying to pretend they were. His mate jumping it's on the, the bandwagon. Ev- yeah, yeah, everybody he met. I, I must have done. I look back and I think I did twenty events with him. Mm. I bet you it was five. Mm. I bet you it was five. But he made me feel like his mate. He mm. absolutely made me feel like his mate. And he'd turn up. He'd have a laugh. He'd take the piss out of me. Um, take the piss out of himself, and you feel completely comfortable and like you're one of his oldest mates. And I think that is. 
yeah, amazing. He made everybody feel at ease. I just mm-hmm. loved him. Amazing bloke. And his reaction to something so horrible is just incredible. Like, how would you react to that? We don't oh. know. I mean, Ed Slater has been similar so far. Like, I know. You see, I mean, there obviously they'll be they'll be you know putting your kids to bed and lying in bed with them at nine o'clock at night. There, I'm sure there are very very dark times. But geez, you know what a what a reaction Ed Slater's had to it all so far, and just amazing human beings. And you can only hope to be a fraction as amazing as them if anything so grave ever happened to you. So Doddy will be missed, yep. and he'll be missed unusually. He'll be missed by bloody everybody. Mm-hmm. So well done, Doddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Tommy, um, what you've been up to? Have you recovered from man flu? Uh, you've been Strugsville the last uh, couple of weeks. You, you can't look. One thing you could absolutely do was take the piss out of Doddy, right? And to a point, that shouldn't stop now. What I'm saying is we've just talked about Doddy bloody weir and you're about to moan about man flu. Think about what you say next. How are you? Fine. Right, thank you. Loads of energy today. First day I've had right. it mind. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. I'd have a, it is hard. I'd have a pre-workout drink this morning. That's probably why. What? Yeah. I've never had one of those. So what, mm. since I was playing? The ones that give you the, like, make you go all tingly? Peter Allenley, yeah. I sometimes will. Just why? Bit energy. Bit of energy, mate. Really? Train harder. Do you? Well, I think so. Hope so. Do you know what I did the other day? I thought, oh, I'm a bit low on energy. I went and got a double espresso mm. and a cinnamon roll. I don't know if that's what international sports teams do. No. Maybe they should. Back in the day, they used to have a cup of tea at half-time. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I've just had breakfast with. You and Sam Allardyce could... Sam Allardyce. Yeah, well, he invented fitness. (laughs) Could redefine fitness and nutrition. He invented fitness in football. So, to our pioneers, I just had breakfast, a late breakfast, let's call it brunch, with Will Green, the former Wasps and England tight head prop. Mm -hmm. What's his favourite colour? Do you know Will? Have you met Will? Yeah. Yeah. I loved it, mate. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And his son, Arthur, is just lovely, mate. He's a very dry and funny bloke, I find. Oh, I loved it, Tom. featured on the rugby club for so many years. Um... Remember there was a kickoff and you just caught a glimpse of Will Green chasing it at the start. Do you remember that? Probably no. Don't. Yeah. Oh, did he? No. Scuttling, yeah. not chasing, scuttling after. Yep. Yeah. It was a kickoff Annoying to start thing was, and you saw Will Green chasing. Annoying thing was, fittest prop in the league. He was rapid over a metre. Do you know how fit he, the only person, who, Dave Barnes was similar. Mm. And then one player, people were surprised by this, one prop arrived on the scene. I know. Who just blew everyone away. I know. Of, Let me guess. Like fitness rank on Adam Jones. Nope. <laughs> Tim Payne blew everybody. Was, yeah, no, blew everybody away. I was going to say Julian. White. Are you looking for a laugh out of me? Julian White could run, mind he properly could long runs. He could do it. Yep. But same Tim arm, Payne same was leg, unbelievable. Oh, mm. yes, yeah, true. Um, so you're feeling better. That's so great yeah. News. So I had, um, so I didn't do anything for my well, birthday, which was on Thursday. Ruined it. Um, had. Yeah. A Deliveroo. We were going to go to a place called Ivy Asia. You have? But Five guys, you have or sushi? <laughs> Do you know what? What'd you have? Right. Even though it's my birthday, this is just get a glimpse of what guy I am. I, I said to my kids, look, it's not about me today. I'm a year older. Uh, what would you like? And they wanted. Uh, I'm a, a year older than when we last had a Deliveroo. A burger. <laughs> a 
burger and chips. So we did have a five guys, yeah. We haven't had one for a while. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. I think I had a, oh, I think you. I had one the same time last year, actually. Nailed you. Mm. Yeah. But you you well, do I mean. know that I do like burgers and you do know yeah. that if we go to a pub or not a restaurant, you want a burger, burger on there, I probably will have one, yeah. There's also when I'm abroad, I'll go clubs. It's never that so. much that I want on Deliveroo. It's always a nicer idea than it is in reality. But anyway, um, well done, please for you. Yep. So um, quite a quiet week, David. Yep. Um, got myself right for uh, Saturday. I did actually interview um, Noel Mooney, the CEO of Welsh Football, on Wednesday. I did. Yeah. How was that the, then? I saw you in the a AGM suit. show of off the Welsh Chamber commerce and they are just he was he's a member of it and they managed to get him live so i spoke to him we could see him on a big screen he couldn't see us but we could hear he could hear us there was 70 of us in the room and fascinating very impressed he's a very impressive bloke when he speaks knows a lot about everything and you just you know when someone speaks and you're like a sponge. You're just absorbing it. Yeah. Um, you're in. And the, the delivery, the knowledge, really good. Just ask him about some of the fitness of the players, what he's been up to, what they've been doing over there. Really engaging. And I actually came away from it really happy, thinking, well, right, one, I haven't messed up, called him something else or got something wrong. And two, just to listen to him was um, delightful. So that was that, uh, and then the game on Saturday. So, all in all, a bit of a quiet week. What have Chew been up to? Oh, Tom, not a lot. I went to, um, I go every year to the Guildford Rugby Club City Lunch, and yes, that's random. You wouldn't go unless it had City in there, would you? Correct. Yep. I went with Jerry Guska. We had a lovely time. Um, good fun and then I got in a little Uber an Amy Schuber and I went across town and um, uh, down to Westminster and I did a thing with Phil Vickery with um, England Rugby Travel the night mm. before I get the box game really good fun uh, then I went to stay you were bowling just yeah I'm actually that. I'm actually terrible um, I can't bowl because of my injuries yeah can't play darts well, it's not so much that you know the way you bowl a bowling ball you get your fingers in the holes and you bowl it Palm forward. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a child I can't do that because of my elbows. I have to do it palms backwards. Mm. <laughs> so it's got natural backspin on it. Like a, that's exactly how I imagine a T-Rex to bowl. Yes, I flick it forward out mm. of the back of my hand, but I can't. I flick the it bumpers the on the side. Yeah, I can't bowl palm forward with either hand. Um, my arm, I can't rotate my arms far enough out mm. to do that, which was but quite good fun. You can bench, you know, 200k, so... Exactly. Still doing so, right. And squat the same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so probably what's everyone worried about? Probably do seven or eight chins. Yeah. Over arm grip. Yeah. Mm. So what's everyone worried about? Yeah. Nothing. Um So did you you did you win bowling or not, your team? No, I lost it heavily to Vix. Right. Vix was I'm quite poor and Vix is quite good, which is a shame, but he had a an ex um an ex professional in his ranks. Um an old guy called Brian cheated. But Munson. anyway, that was nice fun. Munson. And then I went to stay at um Dawson's house, John Dawson, not Matt Dawson, John Dawson, yep. former Saracens, Harlequins and Wasps tight head prop, mm-hmm. Cambridge Uni, captain, I think. And my schoolmate went to stay with him in Twickenham and um 
or Ditton. And uh, one of those things where you're a bit on night before commentating on a big game and you text him and say, I'm on my way to yours in a new, I'll be there in half an hour. He says, I'm at the pub in Twickenham, pop in here and we'll head back. And two hours later, he's trying to find a kebab. You know, so I had to get the big mutant home. Did he welcome you into the pub? Uh, here he is. is. Yeah. Here he is. All right, all right. So, Turbo Shandy for so I thought we were leaving. Shut up, shut up. Right, <laughs> whose round is it? Shut up, right. You know, coming back, coming back with two pints of Guinness for me. I was like, I didn't want a pint, thanks. Well, you got two now. Coming back with G&Ts for me. I didn't want G&Ts. We well, got two now. You know, every round's a double. But um, didn't I didn't go mad. I was actually quite made in drinking for me and then had to get him out the get him home somehow no he was all right so we had a lovely time tom and then um yeah went to twickers for the big job and then went up to from twickers got in the car went up to leicester stayed in the hilton you've stayed there before whenever you played leicester you stayed there they all look the same Mm. as will green said earlier you don't know if you're in northampton you don't know if you're in leicester you don't know if you're in sale you don't know if it's the marriott the hilton they are exactly the same they are twilight zone hotels and you don't know where you are could be in vegas could be anywhere mate yeah windowless cellars is what they feel like um really odd so yeah then up at leicester and uh yeah you know everything's fine tom everything's fine um How, how's the family mate all right hey fine tom Brilliant. everyone's fine yeah. um a bit of a poorly baby but um that's why i'm in this here time. there's a lot going around there's a lot going around but it gets it out of the way before christmas see exactly exactly yeah, got yours out of the way before you know, silly season yeah yeah um i'm watching the english which uh mm. is I described as astonishing, astounding, and you took the piss out. Of, no, I didn't. JT, my friend, did. You took the piss out of him saying yeah. that. It, it is Wrote brilliant. It okay. It's brilliant. I was looking for something to watch the other night, actually, and I couldn't remember because I'd written them down on my pad in my office, which is where I am now, but I couldn't remember what they were, so I, I've had to watch something else. I've, I'm still watching um, my jet from Pepsi, or Pepsi and my jet. Uh, I've got another. Yeah, but you're not that hooked on it, are you? Nope. And I watched the Django the other day. Django, yeah. Mm. See, I I started Dharma and didn't finish Dharma. I found that really boring. And it's I am struggling for something to watch at the moment. I really am. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. I've got Happy Valley to watch, but I'm gonna have to watch that <sighs> with my other half. It's so good, mate. On okay. it, it's so good. It's such good telly. Yep. It won loads of awards, I think, and I was just like, nah, not interested. Mm. Looks too soft. It's mega. It's mega. I had on a weekend, i tell you what was mega, which he was brilliant, was a guy called Dean Jones. He was singing for me in the locker room after Wales or Australia. And Dean Jones, a.k.a. Tom Jones, and the Unusuals band. And he was brilliant. Sounded like Tom Jones. Nice. Looked like Tom Jones. Moved like Tom Jones, wow, smelt like Tom Jones, which is the original Ralph Lauren Polo, I think. Yep. Uh, yep. That's how I describe Tom Jones as a smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he got the crowd going. Yeah, old Spice, maybe. And he started his set, and then he called me up on stage, and I'm thinking, oh, no, because I can't drink all day like everyone else, because I've got to do... Co- uh, so I can only have a, yeah. a beer when I get back and like everyone's well on their way and I'm thinking oh I'm going to have to sing something now aren't I but he sung happy birthday to me so oh. a bit like sort of Marilyn Monroe version yeah everyone uh, crying their eyes out yeah 
everyone crying their eyes out or feeling really sexy. And I didn't um, know what to do. I just stood there. So it was like a bit awkward. So I had to grab someone's pint on the table, pint of Guinness, and just necked it left-handed. Standard yep. lad. Yep. Win the, the crowd. New Jim win Hamilton. Your You're the new Jim Hamilton. Nah. Do you, um, as quick as that. Do you think um, you looked as awkward as when you used to have to stand up in front of the team at Saracens in the early days? Yeah. Probably like that. Probably had the same wow. facial as that. But pulled it back with... Uh, pint in under eight seconds. Imagine compare you now in front of a group of people to then. You're yeah. a different guy, mate. I just fake it now, mate. Yeah, deep, of course. Deep down inside, that is the same guy. Yeah, the same little insecure. But you didn't. You didn't get paid house. in those days. You do now. Yeah, exactly. So, now so I can put it on. I you can smile. Fake it. Yeah. I tell yeah. you who was on my table, mate, for the day. Yeah. And the boys loved him, which you would know why. Steve Spears. Brilliant. He would be absolute fact, brilliant company. He'd, he'd be one of my dinner party guests of all time, I reckon. One of the naturalist, natural, funniest guys. Naturalist, most natural, most natural, most yeah, natural. I got there in the end. Um, yeah. Funny guy. He's a naturist. He was nude. Ever meet? Ever? He's lost a lot of weight. Actually, he's looking really well. Oh no! But he, that. but in the marquee, right? There's there's a bit of a walk, depending on which um, side you are, to the toilets. And the rain was horrific on Saturday. It was, it was just torrential. And Tom Jones had a Winnebago, and he parked it outside the far exit, which was where we were sitting. And Steve didn't want to get wet, and he said, "Tom, do you mind if I use your Winnebago for a shit?" And he went in there. <laughs> And stunk the whole place out. Oh, for God's sake. Tom Jones had to open the rear doors, uh, the front oh, doors, get sake. the wind through it. And then when they finished it, when he finished his set, Tom Jones, um, he dropped Steve and his mate back in Rubina in the Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was so much fun all day. I, I even showed a little bit of a, a video of... Um, some of the outtakes from Afterlife with Steve. Yeah. When he's the old guy who's posting oh, he's too good. the yeah, he's too good. A, um, a dog bit. Yeah. But yeah, honestly, mate, hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my Bloody Saturday. Bloody great. Oh, well done, boy. Well um, done. We, we better um, smash out some rugby, shouldn't we? Or have you got something else yeah. to speak about first? No, just... I finished a book called A Little Life by Hanya... Yanagihara, and it's a bit of a classic. Um, a bit late to it. You shouldn't read it, but it is. Why? It's a bit of an epic because you wouldn't like it. Um, there's no story. spies, no there's no spies or killing um, or anything like that in it. So right. it's not your cup of tea. It's not I Am Pilgrim. Uh, it's the opposite of that. Right. But it is. Um, oh, mate. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And they're making it into a play in town. So you're just saying this so like educational people think yeah. No, I, it's a sort of book that I, I read bright, to. Different. No, it's a bit no. like that. I do. I read this books like this so I can tell my mum that I've read proper books, and then I go on to something that we like. Okay. But every once once every six months or once a year, I will read a book that really makes my mum chuff that I've read it. And all your mates' Cause I, mums, because I know you're good mates with a lot of your mates' mums. Exactly, I am. Yeah. Yep. So it's like if my daughters ever read a book, I'd be thrilled, but they don't. So one day they might read books. To, it's a just tough to, game, kids, to read. Mate. It's 
tough getting them to do anything, anything at all is tough to get them to do. It's tough to get them to do anything useful or meaningful at any point. Otherwise, they're great. I cannot tell them um, any more times that your dish goes in a dishwasher. Yeah. Don't just leave it on the side. Put it in the dishwasher. Could you just rinse the chocolate mousse out of the pot before you put it in the recycling? Because I can't put it in the recycling with food in it. Mm. You do it. Daddy. Daddy, where are my hockey shoes this morning? I said, they're in the car. Well, why are they in the car? Why did you leave them there? I was like, excuse me? She looks at me like, huh? Answer me. I was like, right, see you later. Yeah. See you later. You do it, do it yourself. I won't be getting your shoes for you. Yeah. Um, but they're legends, really. Um, All right. All right, look. Um, let's go straight into Wales. Um, oh, okay. Here's a prob- problem I got. Okay. Problem I got is... Did you watch it's it? Our, I know you, could, it's you probably job. couldn't have watched it live. No, I didn't watch it. No, I just you know what? I'm by the end of the England game, and then I had all the Premiership stuff to do. I was like, do you know, I got home Sunday night, and I'm do you know what? I'm done. I'm not watching any rugby for mm. a couple of days, so no, I haven't seen it, and I will watch it, but not yet. So, the problem I got is that it's our job to say what we think. Um, it's our job to be objective, right? When we're on telly, we can do what we want on our podcast. When we're on telly, I, I just having met Wayne Pivak a handful of times. I really don't want him to get sacked, but I think he might get sacked. And the reason I don't want him to get sacked is because I like him. Now, that shouldn't have anything to do with it, so it doesn't. Objectively, in rugby terms, I think there is a very good case for removing him and giving someone else the job. But it would make me wince a little bit because of the guy I think he is, which shouldn't have anything to do with it. And I wouldn't say that on telly, but it's our pod, so we can do what we want. Yeah, it shouldn't, but you always want good guys to do well. Yeah. So naturally, you, you know, you you don't want him to be out of a job. You don't want him to be um, unemployed. But I think he will be. I think when you look at his mm. defence, there's not much there really. Yeah, they won in South Africa for the first time in a while, and that was a massive plus. They won the Six Nations. Um but during that period where they won the Six Nations, three games, there was a red card um, for the opposition, which yeah, certainly helped Wales, even though the discipline was good. No, but maybe that maybe that result papered over a bit of the cracks that were forming. And yeah, I'm not sure he's going to last, which um, is is not nice. It's never nice seeing someone lose their job, especially a guy that you know who is a decent bloke and means well yeah. and has good morals. And yeah. We were so, going up to Scarlet's with you and we were doing, I think I was with you, can't yeah, you were. we were doing interviews and stuff and Steve Jones are there and we're in the t- walking to the team room almost accidentally and it's like, oh, the players are coming in, should we go? And they're just like, all right, boys, yeah, yeah. do you want a bit of lunch? Yeah, do you want to drink coffee? It's just completely natural. Like Gatland <laughs> when we went to Wales camp, it yeah. helps having you there. Yeah, of course. But you just like, and doing interviews, I was reporter a couple of times at Parker Scarlet's and when he was there and he comes over and they've won the game or lost the game. He's got a bottle of beer and he's just really casual. How are you, mate? Yeah, how's things? Yeah, I watched this game. I thought it was good, that. Yeah, it's a good game. Just, oh, do you want to do the interview? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Just a completely normal, lovely bloke and you just want those guys to do well. Yep. No agenda, you yep. know? Likes you, um, got time for you. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think we'll find out in the next couple of days what will happen. But losing to Italy at home, um, the Six Nations w- was really poor only beat Scotland, just haven't looked like scoring, averaging like 1.7 tries this year, this calendar year so far. Yeah. Um, 
Georgia was a big loss, and then this one as well when Wales are I think thirty four thirteen up. Yeah, and to to not come away with a win. Um, and you talk about the South Africa team in a minute being weakened. Australia was on another level. That is it was on another level. Nothing like the first team, no, really. It isn't at all. Uh, they're massively missing a ten. I think the subs come on and made a, a big difference. What? But flats. What Australia did have was they they were they were a team that was thrown together, but they still had some quality individuals within that yep. team. Well, they haven't played together, so you might miss that little bit of team cohesion. But they still had threats all over the park in terms of right at fullback. Pattaya is yeah. amazing. Pattaya is amazing. Uh, Noangamita yeah. Wase on the wing was just incredible. Well done. One man of the match. Well done. Uh, and he featured heavily in everything good that Australia yeah. did. Like a proper threat. Like balance, yeah. power, pace, aggression. Has it all. Jamie Roberts has not stopped talking about him. Telling everyone on Zoom calls with Amazon pre-game and everything. You know, that he played with him at the TARS. All the time. Our best mates now, are they? Yeah, mentioned about playing at the Tars with him before the game. I'm hoping, by the way, that I'm going to be able to go to uh, watch England-Wales football tonight, um, or Wales-England, sorry, at the pub. Cata, with, um, oh. with No, with Jamie Roberts down the road, because we live one street away from each other. Oh. But I think, I think, I'm waiting for a text back, I think my little 10-year-old's got to do um, art exam practice, oh. which I have to invigilate. Which is because we've got a baby. It's so a shame because you it. won't see his new boots that he wears every single day. <laughs> <laughs> you can find them. They've got spurs on them. Uh, it doesn't take them off. I can't remember what they're called. They're not kickers. They're like f- fly kites or something. They're like... Mate, they'll be called... Um, they'll be the red, those red, red boots, kites. what are they called? Yeah, they are. I know, oh, I know I exactly know, what they are. They're just... They're massive. He looks like he's, he's doing some sort of march. Um, around town, some sort of protest. Some, yeah, they're they're terror, they're absolute I, terror. And I'm googling them now. Them. They're called Red Wing, Red Wing, and he's worn them. Red, every Tommy called Red game. Wing. And I looked at my phone, and I've got probably six or seven photos of them. Of course, you have. Problem is, if you do, I don't want to be crude about this, but if you're doing three hundred quid on a pair of boots, then do 350 quid and get RM Williams because there's nothing like them. That's all I'm saying on it, boy. There's nothing like them. If yeah. I, I often think I've got some, I got too many pairs of shoes when I used to be more acquisitional than I am now. I think at some point, because we've got a house with less storage in it now, I am going to thin out my shoe collection and I will basically have some trainers and I will have some walking shoes if I take the dog out and it's like I want to do a hike, which I never will. And I will have four pairs of RM Williams, black. Brown leather, brown suede. Black leather, black suede, done. What about the blue ones that you bought um, after being recommended? Oh, I'll keep those. They're awesome. They've worn out, though, because they're quite lightweight, and I've killed them with my weight. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Here's a cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Probably for a while, I reckon sort of 55 minutes is the best I've seen Wales play. And I know... I know it was against Australia seconds slash thirds, but you can only play what's in front of you. And they've played against some teams worse than Australia um, over the well, last Lola year. Well, Lulaceo came on at 10 for Australia yeah. or 55. So did he change the game? Yes, he did. Uh, probably more of a change was Gareth Anscombe going off injured. Right. He goes off with a shoulder. He's fragile. Um, it didn't look anything too bad, but gets his shoulder in the Don't right place. Don't take the risk. You're 20 points up. Gets his shoulder in the right place, making a tackle, and it looked like it was a dislocation. Oh no! Yeah. So he goes off. That was a that was a no a big um, a big change, really. But just back to the first fifty five minutes, and Wales were winning collisions, which makes a huge difference. They not really won collisions during the autumn campaign, or even over the last year. But it makes a massive difference when you're on the front foot, organising attacks, shortening defenders uh, and defences. And they attacked really well. They got to the wider channels, they played with pace, there was overlaps and they were making the right decisions. Uh, I think um, Joe Hawkins played a big factor in that as well. New cap at 12, he looked really comfortable in that Great. position. And it's his first cap and... You you couldn't tell it was his first cap. He looked like he'd had sort of ten, fifteen caps, and he was pulling players through holes. He was pulling the ball back, just making right decisions, and he added, I think, to Wales's attack. And then you got the likes of Falatau in the wider channels, you know. So you're getting the best out of him then as well, because I think that's sometimes on the front foot where he looks the most dangerous, because he can ride tackles, he can bump tackles, he's got pace. He's a, he's a bit like a winger. In, in that way, he like knows how to finish tries. Um, Jack Morgan, who is Wales's answer to Ardi Surveyor, was really well, don't physical. give him that pressure. No, I'm saying he is. He's like a, he's like a Welsh version of Ardi Surveyor. Like his his yards after contact is huge. You know, you can think, we call it leg drive? Yep, I did. Yep, but just his leg drive oh, is huge. He pumps the legs. Um, keeps changing. Contact wriggles out and just those one or two extra metres make a massive difference. And he scored two tries. One was a um, nice break from Tomas Williams, half break, puts it inside to the Fijian Alan jones who carries it um, like a Fijian would, um, nonchalantly just offloads it. 
to Jack Morgan who pumps the legs with Al Alatola on his back. So he he goes over for a try and then Wales are just everything's working for them. They win a kick off and they end up mauling it back across around to the halfway line, get a penalty, they kick to touch, they get another drive and maul, and Jack Morgan scores, um Rio Dyer scores, and you think this is it. We've been waiting for this for ages. But but Gareth Anscombe goes off. Right, so Reese Priestland comes on, ends up throwing an intercept pass, pretty telegraph one, and Samu picks it off. Justin Tipperick leaves the leg out, says he wasn't trying to trip him, but he ends up tripping him. Yellow card. And I thought at that time, I thought, do you know Kieran what? Trippier. Yeah, do you know what? I thought that's that's not the that's not the worst option to happen because Samu looked like he was going to go under the posts. Rapid too, mind. Yep, Rapid, he is. Completely agree. And he looked like he was going to go under the post. And Martin Williams did it in a, in a game I played in before against Ireland. And he just knew he wasn't going to get there. It looked like a certain try. Accidentally, on purpose, tripped someone up. And we, we won the game. But it's only a good option if you do win the game. But after that, though, um, Nwanga Nitawase scores a, a try off the back of a line-out. Really well worked. Um, then Ryan Elias, who's been subbed on for Ken Owens, brings down a driving line-out, gets yellow-carded, two yellow cards, and then Wales are all over the shop and just can't get back into it. The man down, two men down for period as well. And that was it. Uh, um, some of the subs didn't help either. And when Jones goes off, um, who else goes off with him? Toby Falatow, Ken Owens is off. And then all of a sudden, then you just, I think you're lacking leaders on the field. Maybe you're lacking experience. Yeah. Maybe that counted on or not. I mean, we can only okay. look at reasons why they lost the game now and, that possibly could be a reason, but they should never have lost that game with the lead they had. But fair play to Australia, because when you're 34 to 13 points behind, you're going to throw everything at it. There's no, there was no real pressure on Australia because we're 26 unanswered points, boy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Brutal. But there was no massive pressure on them because they're a third team out, a second and third team out. You know, so you can see why if they were to lose. That'd be a pretty valid reason why. You know, the pressure was on Wales. So they were always going to throw everything at Wales towards the end of that game when they were um, losing by heavily by so much. And Wales just didn't manage it well enough at all. And it came right down to the end. Um, they scored a try. Kieran Hardy lo- loses a bit of shape in defence. Doesn't really need to go for that intercept. Could just take his man in front of him, go for man and ball. But Lockie um, Longigan just snatches it off the floor, off the bounce of the ball, goes yeah. over. So Red Rover kid. Yeah, really disappointing end to the game. But it didn't stop us having fun in the locker room. It was heaving thereafter, bouncing. Was it? Great fun. And everyone came in. Um, Jeff was in after. Sean Hawley, Ross Harris, Andrew Cotter came in just in case um, what? there was any issues. I said, look, do me a favour, mate. It gets a bit rowdy in there. If I need someone chucked out, can you just can you just be around? Yeah. Because I know what you're like and I know how deadly you are. Well, it's just in case someone needs their teeth knocking out. Well, he's like Scotland's answer to Steven Seagal. 
Oi, there's a bit of bad news for Cotter at the moment. Oh, no. I tweeted it yesterday and I knew he wouldn't like it. What? It's basically, guess what? It's not quite as cheap as everyone thought to have electric cars and he's got himself a plug-in electric car and he's chuffed to bits with it mm. and he's he's gutted now because he's done a load of moolah on it and he's like, I'm said, I'm sorry, mate. There are some, you know, there are some cars, it, I think from what I read, basically, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, anyone, but I think basically there are some instances in which it's actually cheaper to fill a car up with petrol or diesel than it is electric now. Oh. That's that is probably not. I've 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 balls that up almost deliberately on purpose to be provocative to Cotter. But basically, I just said, look, fella, you should have got yourself should have got yourself a diesel. Should have got yourself a diesel. All the mileage. Well, thanks for telling right. me, mate, because he probably will be in a dark place after that, and I'll have to send him a message see if he's, see if he's all right. So Cot- Cotter is just going to be in a really dark place about fueling his vehicle, mm. and I take no, I take no joy from that at all, Tom. None. Oh, no. Well, yeah, he he was in there just in case um, things got things got a bit violent because I know what he's like, and he's a man that can. He's a black belt, himself. isn't he? Um, but yeah, great in atmosphere in there. After who else? Who else popped in? Oh, can I ask something just Go quickly on. while I think of it? There's a thing called Aikido, which I think is like this, like kung fu-y, like self-defense martial art thing. Which I'm, I could be wrong here, but some people in the game don't regard as a legit martial art. And then someone mentioned it once on Twitter, and I saw somebody reply with a video, and it was like, "Here's a mixed martial artist." sparring with an Aikido black belt and he basically smacks him twice. The MMA guy smacks him twice and the Aikido guy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's like, no, no, yours isn't real. Ours is real. So if anyone's listening and they've got any clips or any information or any links on that, I'm quite keen to explore that because I went to school with a guy. Well, I was at a different school, same year, as someone who talked about being a black belt in Aikido for years. Mm. And it was like... I. I didn't have fights when I was a kid, like as a rule, but it was like, I didn't, he was a nice bloke, but it was like, I just cannot imagine this guy beating me or anyone else in a fight. But he's like, well, I've got an Aikido black belt and the lads used to call it an origami black belt. Um, So if anyone's got any information on that, that'd be great. Anyway, should we move on to England? Are we going to bore ourselves to sleep? No, let's do it. So hold on. My question to you. Yep. Talks about Wayne Pivak and the likelihood of him probably being relieved of his duties. Yep. Eddie Jones, similar boat. Yeah, interesting one. I say interesting. You decide. I, I, Dirt has asked me. I think it's a bit of a blur, to be honest. Dirt has asked me post match, and I said, you know what? I think it's too late to get rid of Eddie Jones. I think it's, you know, you speak to the lads around the place, and the lads don't say bad stuff. I'm not talking about on air. I'm talking about at dinners and lunches on pitch side and yeah. little bumping into people here and there. People don't tend to say bad stuff. A couple of lads have said he's been brutal to me. And he t- now, one lad has said to me, he sent me these text messages that were, he's pretty brutal, but he laughed about it and said, oh, I quite like him. He's, mm. At least you know where you stand and and all that. And I was like, I, I feel like, and he's got such big performances in his past with England and with other countries that he knows his way around a World Cup sort of thing. And I went, I sort of drove up to Leicester and I was thinking about it. I woke up thinking about it. Think about other things too. And I was like, do you know what? I just, I haven't seen so many good players play so consistently poorly for so long. And to the point where, of course, players have to take some responsibility. We've played Tommy. We know the drill. But coaching is really, really important. Environment is really, really important. And the whole thing of, 
well, if they're good enough, they should play well. That doesn't work because if you've got 15 elite players against 15 elite players and one one set of 15 are from a really great coaching environment with, and they all got absolute clarity of roles, they know exactly what they're doing, that team has an advantage over the lads who are just good players. Mm. So, And we've seen these players deliver so much more before. So... Nick Easter said something interesting the other day on the Times podcast. He said, give me one player who's really stood out for England. And unusually, you probably can't think of one. And so I actually think that it might be too late and it might be another chance. But my my gut feeling says that actually what might really spark England into life is not Eddie Jones, is actually uh, the Harry Redknapp effect. You know, you sort of get someone in last minute and everyone circles the wagons and there's this big boost and I think it's genuinely think it's easy for me to say worth a go I mean what it would cost to terminate Eddie's contract and get someone else in and all that sort of stuff I, I imagine it could be millions of quid so it's easy so it might not be possible but I think England look completely uninspired uh, the players we know are brilliant are not playing well there's only so much you can do about getting beasted in the scrum like there is only so much you can do um and you, without that, you struggle to win. Equally, England's scrum hasn't been great. It's fine, but it hasn't been great, consistently great. So for a while, and they came up against a set of monsters at the weekend who are really, really good at what they do, really, really well coached, evidently. So what's happened is England got Matt Proudfoot, who everyone says, by the way, is a really, really good coach. But after... England got beasted by South Africa in the World Cup final in 2019. They got him and they've been beasted by them again. So you have to think, what what do you do? Do you just 135, 140 kilo monster tight heads don't grow on trees? There just ain't many. Will Stewart, in English terms, is the real deal. In the premiership, he will be one of the big heavyweight tight heads. And an excellent rugby player, good carrier and all that. But England just got beasted. It's happened a couple of times now. So you start thinking, well, what if what if it comes down to that at the World Cup? You can't have that because you can't win the game without that. They're all, the line-out got taken apart at key moments as well, five metres out. So I think there needs to be a change. I think that... I hate saying people should get sacked. I don't know why I hate it so much. It's probably because I'm worried about getting sacked myself and I feel like karma might deal me a termination if I demand it of others. So, And it almost like it feels like I'm coming from a position of you know, invincibility and I'm not, but I just think that I think Eddie might have lost the ship now, not necessarily the changer and whatever that means, but I think it's, I think England have been almost, they've almost underperformed to such an extent that it's verging on irredeemable now. And yeah, if England just didn't have the players, you say, well, what can we do? But actually, for so long, selection has been really contentious and there has been this vibe that we just don't, we're just not as bright as Eddie and he knows more than we do. And I think Eddie has perpetuated that vibe, whether it's intentional or not. And I do think he's too bright for it to be accidental. I don't think anything horrible. I don't think anything sinister or vicious. I just think it really, really isn't working. And I think people saying 11 months isn't long enough. 11 people... They're the same people that say a week's a long time in sport. You know, you can, you can make a difference. You, you know, I think South Africa were in a worse place than England are now when Rassi Erasmus took over. Admittedly, he had longer, but they were in a worse place and they won it. 
It's because they had absolute clarity, played to their strengths, and because they knew they were doing what they were good at, believed in themselves and won the World Cup, smashed England. So I think a change is necessary, yeah. You sound like you know what you're talking about. And... Well, I'm guessing, and it's one of those things, it's really easy to gob off and all that stuff, but yeah. I, I think... I, I, I think I don't know. I thought about it overnight and frankly, I think I changed my mind overnight and I thought actually, I, I love the idea of Scott Robinson coming in or someone exciting to really, do you know what, do you know one of the thing that changed my mind the most was my mate. That book you read? No, oh. JT, the, the guy who said that that TV programme was astounding. He said that he went go-karting with his son because he doesn't bother watching England at the moment. So I didn't bother. I thought I'd catch up on it later or something. And in the end, I probably won't bother. And it's like actually the indifference and speaking to like members of my family who didn't bother watching and then seeing people on Twitter saying, yeah, I don't bother now. Like I will always bother. Lots of people will always bother. But the, 50, 50, the 50 50s, which are the people you really want to bother, you need to bother. I think they are now, they're disillusioned. No, not, they're not asked, mate. They're not asked. I think they don't relate to Eddie Jones and his team. And I think that is a problem. Now, Stuart Lancaster came in and, really delivered that. He really made England everyone's team again. I I don't think since I played, I've felt as big a proper England fan as when Stuart Lancaster took over England. I was properly cheering for them. I've, I yeah. felt properly engaged. I love them. And they fluffed the World Cup and some people have to pay for that and that's a shame. But England need... England need to be fun and exciting again. And that's easy to say, but they... You need a connection, don't you? You need a connection with with a team, with a coach, with fans. Something that does help when you win because it's easy then because you're watching and you're paying money to go and see a team winning and sport is about results. But but you look at maybe Ireland. Excuse me, I've got the Flatman cough. And... You know, the feel-good factor that everyone has about Ireland at the moment is incredible. Yes, they're number one, and they've had a great run recently against the All Blacks. But you, people are motivated to go and watch them play. People want to turn on the TV to watch them. They want to go to the Aviva Stadium to watch them. And I think that can only be led from the top. And I think that can only be Eddie Jones, who has created this divide because of how he is in front of the media or how he, what stuff he wants to do, what he doesn't want to do. And you've got the players. You've got the player pool. You've got the talent. You've got the form players. But I, they didn't look motivated enough. And I can say that because Wales was similar. And I, you see that in a game, you know, especially against New Zealand and Georgia and Italy last year. They're on the field and they don't look motivated. The energy's gone. And it's non-rugby stuff as well. It's kick chase. It's energy levels. It's bouncing off the floor after making tackles, getting back into position. Non-rugby stuff that you don't need motivation for. You just need effort. And there seems to be a bit of a lack in that. And I don't know whether that is down to coaching and whether they're still not sure about how they want to play or what or, or what they're trying to do. And often that is the case. You get a little bit lost in games and... You sort of float around because you're not sure if something doesn't work, you're not sure what to do next, or whether it's just not wanting to, not being motivated enough by your coach, which which is the management's job, is to get you motivated for the game. And people say, oh, you don't need motivation because you're playing for your country. Nah, you do. You need to be motivated in the week. 
And you, you need, do. And you need yeah. to be inspired. But the point is that it's not about whether you need it or not. It's it's about what if the other team have got it? What if the other team have got an advantage there? If you're all... Remember Justin Harrison used to say to us before the game, before games a lot, everybody's fit. Everybody's strong. Everybody's a good rugby player. Everybody's talented. Everybody's well prepped. What's the extra? Yeah. What's the extra? And you do need the extra. Oh, something else that... There was a, a statement, you know, about the review that's happening into Eddie Jones now and, and the England situation with England. A quote from Eddie Jones, which I found really interesting, was Bill, as in Bill Sweeney, the, the boss of the RFU, will have his opinion based on what you guys write and I'll have my opinion. I could be completely wrong on this, but that felt like a dig saying basically he will just take what the journalists are saying and call that his opinion, like he can't form of an opinion of his own. Maybe I could be wrong. Bill will have his opinion based on what, or he will have his opinion based on what you guys write and I'll have my opinion. That I found really interesting. That felt like a bit of a stab at the CEO from the head coach yeah. who's under review. I could be wrong. I could be over overthinking that, but it doesn't sound great. Equally, what I, what I don't want to do is like, you know, Eddie Jones gets sacked and then I spent, we, we, we all spent, week next six months of our life calling him a names it's like just do you know what what no one can accuse him of having done he's not bothered not tried you know he's he's notoriously relentless i think it just isn't working so there will be imperfection after he goes we'll probably hear more and more of what it was working at regime massive turnover of coaches and staff massive turnover of players some players treated, you know, arm round them treated beautifully, some not. Nick Easter alluded to that as well. Um, so actually, we'll find out a lot more afterwards, but let's wait till afterwards and let's just see what the review throws up. But for the game itself, Curtly, England were... Curtly Aronser, Bulls. I love him. I yeah. love him. He's great. and um, Exactly what you need in rugby, mate. You know, someone that's yeah. not huge, not physical, not trying to run over people, not trying to look for contact. Just... Evasion, that that is his USP. Yeah. Evasion and pace and balance. Willem at ten, I really liked. Yep, yep. I a mean, lot of threat there. Yeah, loads of threat there. Way more than Pollard. Um, still can occasionally make the odd mistake and get himself caught. And I suppose the big thing now is his game management. But at fifteen, he's just as good and gets into the game as much, but uh, as well. But at ten. He's got more touches on the ball and a couple of really nice drop kicks from him, which just keeps the scoreboard ticking over. Just that is good game management in itself. It is, you know, and hundred, stretching that, defenses that is. is a virgin of that yeah, is. Look, he had a really good game yeah. at ten, um, but I had. But I'm not saying. I'm just. There is more to work on for him, but there's no doubt about him. He is quality and has to be in that team, whether at ten or fifteen. One thing I feel bad about is that I had to do player of the match and um, no one likes doing that. And I, everything in me wanted to give it to France Malherber, but it, I just thought a prop giving it to a prop is just so unoriginal. So I gave it to Franco Mostert because nah, I thought didn't. he was fantastic. Go with your, go with your instincts, mate. Go with my gut, as it were. Mm. But Malherber was yeah, just... There's that, loads that, of good performances. The Springbok scrum was just fantastic. The bench yep. came on fantastic. I mean, Dutoy, not fantastic, got sent off. Yep. And then the box are dominant with seven men. Like, I mean, they're just, mm. they are just a fantastic pack of forwards. And they're not mutants. They're not just mutants. They can play. They can hit. They can play. Intelligent. Etzebeth does it all. Khaleesi is 
like I mean, every time I see him play now, I think the guy doesn't get tired. He's got as much power as pretty much anyone else in the world. He's clever. I think what a player. Like the last World Cup, I thought I get they loved the, the whole bomb squad thing. I was like, you've got to start Francois Lowe. You've got to because he's a superior player. But they used him off the bench brilliantly. Eat my words, no problem. Now, there is nobody you would pick ahead of Sir Khaleesi for South Africa. He's bloody brilliant in that position. Yeah. Um, so I thought I thought they were just in, incredibly impressive. And Faf de Klerk, when Johnny Hill picked him up and threw him, the backflip, the flick of the hair, the smile when he's getting thrown, it's just like, ugh. Yeah. And another thing, knows it. a centre, cent- yeah, he knows it, mate. He knows exactly what's going on. Another thing is, people rightly talk a lot about um, Manu Tuolangi and his power. And England... Haven't eat, you haven't seen much of him this autumn, despite having played all the games, he or you know played in all the games. So he's a lot of that. Some of that will be him. Some of that will be they're not using him properly. Their attack never got flowing. So you're never going to see your thirteen as you know to his full potential if your attack isn't great. But Damien Dialendi at twelve for South Africa. You talk about physical and you talk about physical. He might not produce those massive hits every now and again, but those massive Hollywood hits. He nails people, nailing Billy Vunapola in the hit, ragdogging, rag, ragdolling massive men, making ground from nowhere, clever lines. Like that for me, I would rather have DLND at 12 than an explosive. But he fits in the, the mould of how South Africa want to play because He's so good. they've got big carriers, but they've also got really exciting back three. You know, so counter-attack-wise, and, yeah. and 10. So you need players like that. You can't all be Harlem Globetrotters in that back line. You need that balance. And he is perfect oh, for what they he's do. He's great, man. And what they and want to do. And he's also, this is such an eight-year-old thing to say, he is massive. Yeah, he is. He's not, okay, there are bigger blokes around, but he is he is back row size and he's back row strength he, playing yeah, at 12. But he's, he's not conditioned to be massive. He's just a big bloke, which... Yeah is even more frightening because yeah, just, he doesn't yeah. need to work hard at it, really. Wait, do, do you know what I mean? Like, he's naturally big. He doesn't have to go into yeah. the gym and pump loads of weights to get him to that size. He's just yeah. a big, natural, strong bloke. Yeah. I thought, I thought they were great. I thought they looked yep. really massively developed in the last season or so, and I thought they looked like a complete team. Clicked for the weekend for them, mate. It really clicked for the, uh, the weekend for yeah, them. I'm not they seen look great. Them, I've not seen them dominate like that for a while like in yeah. every in every part of the game thought they were just really excellent to watch yeah so look we might have finished this pod now yep okay because i gotta go that's fine that's fine we've talked a lot and we've done we've done the two we've done the two games i can, that, I can um, just vision you now. to us i can just vision you now you got you like a horse after the grand national you got white bits in the corner of your mouth from <laughs> from all the chat <laughs> Bleeding eardrums after a proper you, boy. GBH to the ear. Yeah, yeah GBH to the ear, fella. Um, all right, mate. All right, lad, look, you're a great guy. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing this weekend? Um, good question, that. I'm actually going to... Uh, I might go to the wreck on Friday night and I might actually watch the game in a box or something with some mates. I might, Or I might not. I'm, you know, I've, I've, never, I've never done that. I might stay at home. Uh, and then I'm going to go to Bristol on Saturday night to... Um, watch Bristol Leicester and do the highlights from there. So oh, cool. I'm mi- I'm missing the SoFit Gym um, Christmas party, which is a shame because it's a 7:45 kickoff PM kickoff. It is so we're we're bugger oh, missing the Christmas. Where party. they all off like cheeky Nando's? Uh, they're they're actually a smokehouse in Bath. I think okay. they're going to, and it's going to be my kind of grub boy. But there we go. 
There we go, fella. Um, look, good luck to you, all right? All right, mate. Nice one. Well done, boy. What are you doing this weekend? F all, mate. Can't wait. Oh, you lucky bugger. All right. Doing Lots of love, boy. Lots of love, everyone. Doing a tip run. Oh, right. heaven. I know. Cheers, lad. Well done. Cheers, everyone. ta then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.